0: Warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I am Bill Arnold, and we are going to have a fantastic hour with the beautiful and amazing Queens of the Round Table. Because on Thursdays we do Guy Talk in the first hour, and then we do uh, the Queens in the second hour. And I'm I'm loving Psalms this summer. I don't know if you spend time in Psalms, but I find that if I put Psalms on at night and and just listen to it as I'm going to sleep, it just soaks into my brain. And I'm loving Psalm 119. I've been listening to that at night because it's such a long chapter, but Psalm 119, 114 says, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. So I've got a great hour with the ladies. If you have a question or a concern or an issue or anything you'd like us to chew on or have them chew on, because I'm the guy in the room, uh, let us know what that is. 877-933-2484. That's a text That's the only way we can take your questions today is by text, or you can also email me, Bill, at MyFaithRadio.com. We'll take 60 seconds and then bring on the power panel.
1: In the midst of the hardest seasons, Faith Radio is committed to pointing you back to Jesus. in it together faith radio
0: what is beautiful about the lord god is the gracious way he will deal with you rather than shaming you with hands on hips you will see the arms of the father wide open waiting for his son to come over the horizon It's a place in your radio dial for hope, faith radio. All right, it is Thursday. We're going to spend some time with the beautiful and amazing queens of the round table. We've got Rosie Brosen from KTIS. She's a an author and speaker, and she's my anchor, Rosie. Hi.
2: Hi, Phil.
0: You want to do the uh, the introduction of your.
2: Your, oh, I would your, your love thieves? to. Oh, can I? Yeah, please. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, so these two <laughs> women that we have here today, we have Trudy Whitson and Ellen Heinrichs. So we know each other from Bethany Academy when we, um, our kids were going to school. So Trudy's kids and Ellen's kids are a little bit older than mine. So mine are uh, nineteen and twenty-two, and so we thought I thought today would be really great to invite them because they have so much experience from the business world, but also uh, marriages that have. Lasted through the test of time and knowing how to parent their own children as well as grandchildren. So it's, there's just so much wisdom between these two that this might be the last time I talk.
0: Okay. All right.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
3: That's possible.
0: Nice to to have you here. Did you grow up in the cities? Where did you, where are you from?
1: I grew up in Duluth. And when I was entering high school, my family moved down to Minneapolis and um, after marriage moved to Bloomington, which is where these gals live as well. And our kids went to the same school.
0: Okay. That was Ellen. Trudy?
4: I grew up in uh, Crystal and went to high school in Minneapolis, uh, college, Dallas, and then back up to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Married and have been living here
0: ever yeah. since. And what were your families of origin like? What were your parents? Were they strict? Were they on a scale of 1 to 10? How strict were they? Mm. 10 being the most strict.
2: Okay, I'm going to just <laughs> go for it because my dad, I, I'm a Air Force brat, oh, you know, and, and my dad was a deacon of the Catholic Church, so combining those two <laughs> yeah. with nine siblings, and I am telling you, there was an mm-hmm. iron fist, and it wasn't my father, it was my mom. <laughs> interesting. So,
3: <laughs> interesting. So very you're, you're, strict. Your, in your parents our, were very yeah, strict. Yeah, very okay. strict.
2: My parents were not very strict. They
1: raised okay. seven children, and there was just a lot of fun and love and chaos, and I would say, giving you a number, maybe three. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah,
4: mine weren't strict either. Mine were, um, yeah, probably a three. It kind of... You know, if there was a reason to be strict, they would. Otherwise,
2: there was just a level of trust.
0: Yeah. Does that translate yeah. into how you guys parent? I uh, think so. <laughs> Rosie, are you are you a strict parent?
2: I have a couple lines that I I have put, told the boys. These are ones that you do not cross. The rest we have opportunities to yeah. discuss. But there's a couple that I'm you know yeah. I don't have a whole lot of patience if they cross. I'm sure.
0: But what are you as a as a as a parent? Are you a mm, six or a seven?
2: Probably more uh,
1: six.
0: Six. Oh, that's good.
1: I would say as a parent, seven or eight, oh,
0: wow. I wanted
1: to know where my kids were, who they were with, who the parents were, were the parents going to be there? What were you going to do? Um, sleepovers, very strict about who they, whose house they slept over at. Always wanted them to sleep at our house. Just had a protective nature. It was at a different time than when I grew up. So um, I grew up in a household where we didn't even lock our doors at night. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the case in raising kids for myself and my husband.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
1: I was strict on attitude.
4: Sure. <laughs> sure. Right. Um, outside of that, yeah, you know, of course, I wanted to know, make sure that families were safe. They were at your house, Ellen. That right. Was, I that loved was pretty having safe. them over. Yeah, that's good. And vice versa. Right. Um, otherwise, we weren't very strict. I would say, yeah, that's three again, except for attitude. Don't give me attitude. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was talking to someone yesterday and this person said to me, uh, marriage is one of the hardest things you'll do. Now, there's no perfect marriage. Um, what did you do differently when your marriage was going through rough patches?
2: Well, wow. Wow.
0: Well, do you think do you agree with that statement?
2: I do because, okay. I don't know, I'm married 25 years. You guys have more seniority than I do. I think Gary and I have gone through ups and downs, and it's come with transitions of our own identity. It's come with children and what they bring And so, yeah, no, our marriages have definitely, at least my marriage has definitely gone up and down for sure.
1: I don't know of any marriage that hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Both Jesse and my husband grew up in a family with nine kids and with mine and shared seven. I I think we just had to learn to get along with siblings and that translated well into at least our marriage to talk things out, to be a friend, to take time out and come back to the conversation at a later time if need be. So, yeah, we, we kind of learned to work things out early on. Um, I'm a person who needs to feel validated. My husband didn't even know what that meant, but I needed for him to hear where I was coming from, not that I needed to be right. And we established that early on in our marriage. And of course, for me to hear him too, uh, that doesn't mean it was always a smooth ride. Um, but one thing I introduced in our marriage early on is I never want the D word spoken in our home, mm-hmm. that we were, we were in this for life. hmm when we first were married, um,
4: it, holding on to the issues that we were dealing with made it them so much bigger. And I remember sharing them with some people in our Sunday school class and them saying, oh, my gosh, we're dealing with that same thing. And all of a sudden, the power of those issues just dissipated because I'm like, okay, everybody's dealing with that. We can get through this. And then the other thing I have learned... Through these ups and downs, is in my own life. uh, I don't respond right away. I take Kent, my husband, would may know there's something going on, and he just lets me have some time because I don't want to respond emotionally. Which I've learned Mm -hmm. helps communicate. If I'm not that emotional with it, if I figure it out in my own head first and then talk about it, um, things get communicated
2: better. Don't you think, though, that that is the key right there, Trudy, because we've been friends a long time, and we have helped each other through that. And so to include Christian friends that you trust that where it's not gossip, where you're not um, spouse bashing because it can be for the men too, but to say, "This is what I'm approaching. Mm-hmm. Can I get some prayer support? Can I get some perspective? That changes the whole dynamic because I feel like the enemy loves to make you feel like you're you're the only one struggling. Mm-hmm. All these other marriages look perfect. Just go look on Facebook or something. (laughs) And the authenticity of a real true friendship to bring that up Mm -hmm. is so enormously helpful because you get so much support. Yeah. I,
4: (laughs) Ellen and I uh, have spent a lot of time with our husbands together. And I remember sitting on the porch up at the cabin in swinging chairs and I was just spitting mad. (laughs) (laughs) Not at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not at you. It was a car ride up there, you know, and we sat on the porch and we had like this complete counseling session on the porch. And um, so anyways, those kind of situations where we're like, okay, this is what's going on. And, you know, and Ellen's so very gentle. Um, can I, she'll say, would you like some input on that issue? And Kent would say, no, and I'd be saying, yes, (laughs) (laughs) he needs to hear.
1: (laughs) No, we both did. Anyways, it's always uh, good to have friends. Absolutely, and family. So Jesse comes from um, a family where there's six brothers, so seven boys. So a lot of them were married before I came into the family. And so I would go to them and say, this is kind of what I'm experiencing. Can you, like, shed some light on this for me? And what we learned was some things come as things in me from our family of origin, And we bring those behaviors into our marriages and to be able to understand that and then put language to that and work that through to what's going to work best for me in in my marriage with Jesse was hugely helpful.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you learn conflict resolution before marriage or did you discover you needed to figure it out between the two of you because you had issues? I mean, I don't know if anybody goes in.
2: I don't think I, I was going to say you work. go in with like rose-colored glasses <laughs> so and really oh, feeling is like the person queen. I love. You know, they'll never do anything <laughs> He's wrong. He's so perfect. He's perfect, <laughs> yeah. and and they are for us. I mean, especially because I believe truly that God has chosen um, our spouses, and but yes, you don't know who you are gonna marry and what they're gonna bring in for several years into the marriage because all of a sudden you're going, where did this behavior come from? Oh, well, this is always how my family did it. Mm -hmm. And so conflict resolution has to be in the moment. I don't think you can pre-plan that because you don't know how they, your partner is going to handle situations. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I'm always gonna respond this way, but that might not be good for them. You, You have to adjust.
0: Yeah. We're going to take a little break. We're talking to the ladies. If you have an issue, a question, maybe they have said something you'd like them to clarify. Let us know what that is. 877-933-2484. That is a text-only number. Again, the number is 877-933-2484. Or you can email me, Bill at MyFaithRadio.com. Bill at MyFaithRadio.com, and I'll ask the question on your behalf. Be back in a minute. <laughs> I always have to wait for the horns. I love that bumper music. That is Chuck Mangione playing the trumpet. They would enjoy that for sure. Welcome back to the show. We've got the beautiful and amazing queens of the round table. We've got uh, uh, Rosie, Ellen and Trudy and we're uh, chatting a little bit about anything and everything. And if you have a question or concern or an issue you'd like us to, to chew on, let us know. All right. So uh, ladies, let's jump into this idea. Um, you got a kid that maybe he's walked away from the Lord. That's heartbreaking. What advice do you have for him?
4: Well, um, this this sounds very religious or very spiritual. but it's a religious re- show. So I guess I'll say that. Um, <laughs> praying. I mean, you it, just praying. I mean, at this point when they're older, it's it's between the Holy Spirit needs to be doing the, doing the work in their life. And oftentimes communication isn't great between you and that child. And um, I just think that it's hard. We know when we're praying for our kids to come back to the Lord, that it is for sure, completely holy in God's will. And if we're praying in God's will, it's just trusting and resting in him. And, you know, our faith really grows when we when we can rest and trust and we're not seeing, you know, faith is believing in something you don't see and mm-hmm. you have got to believe and you've got to, um, trust the Lord. He will bring them back to the Lord. He
2: will.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think, um, Bill, to your point from Psalm 119 verse 14, was that mm-hmm. it, you know, the end of it is our hope comes from the word of God. And I, and I know when I have, um, Watched my children what it feels like for one, we have to be careful we're not the judge we mm-hmm. do not judge their heart. that's between the Lord. so sometimes their behavior may look one way and and they're sliding, but they still love the Lord, so we have to be very careful not to assume that they don't have their salvation, but um the word helps me so strongly. I have to believe acts sixteen thirty one for those who depend on the Lord, thine and thy house shall be saved, you know, second Peter. It's God's will that none should perish, but all should come into repentance. There's so many scriptures where when we don't like what we're seeing, we see with the hope of our heart, Mm -hmm. according to Ephesians, and the word tells us it's a firm foundation that he's got our kids. And so, so many times when I have seen behaviors in my own boys, myself, my husband, that um, I go back to the word and I stand here because I can't trust what my eyes see. Mm. And it's not for forever. I mean, it could just be a small season and I need, you know, and maybe God is doing some work in them in that sliding away.
1: And I think about what's my role as a mom? What isn't my role as a mom? And something I heard long ago and I repeat to myself often, and I've shared it with others is it's God's job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and it's my job to love. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. in that, I say, as a mom, as a parent. To build and maintain a strong relationship with my children, and not be shaming of them, because it would be real easy to just be shaming of their behaviors Absolutely. that I don't approve of. Yes. That's not my job. My job is to love. So, keeping a strong relationship with with your kids is my advice. Good, good yeah. advice.
0: Now, Ellen, you mentioned that you're an, an affirmation person. So, let's say you do a whole bunch of nice things for people, and they don't seem to appreciate it, and you feel hurt. What do you do with that hurt? Mm-hmm.
1: You've been following me around. Well, I have been.
0: <laughs> I bugged your house. <laughs> I got to vet my guess. right?
1: No or else kidding. You think I
0: get material.
2: I, heard, I saw that question like you were you know <laughs> setting up that question. I'm like, oh, Alan's going to get a good one. Here
3: she here it comes.
1: <laughs> um, two things um, come to mind. I, you know, I continue to develop the discipline of giving it to God, so I don't grow bitterness in my own heart about mm-hmm. it. And the other is that I may say it to my siblings, for example, we are in the stage of life caring for a 90-year-old father. And sometimes I feel like I'm carrying way more of the weight than they are. And so maybe just telling them, boy, I just feel like I'm carrying more of this right now. Would you help out or, or I'm going to step out for a bit and let you guys carry it. And thankfully they do. But more importantly, going back to the first thing is to guard my heart with all diligence and not let bitterness set in. And that I'm doing things unto the Lord. That mm-hmm. sounds really cliche, but it's something I have to remind myself of.
0: Yeah, but when you're not feeling appreciated, does your heart grow a little cold? Does it turn a little bit black and white? Well, fine, I'll never doing that again. Do you do black and white or do you, do you, do you what happens?
1: I, I go gray.
0: Okay, you were gray. Well, that's good. <laughs> what about? If,
1: I, if I get too too gray, then yeah, then, you know, I need to stay in a warm relationship with those I love. And so I will tend to bring it up
0: Yeah, what a nice way. Of, what a nice way of saying that stay in a warm relationship with one, the ones yeah. I love.
1: My husband jokes because when we would have those conflicting times early on in our marriage, I would say, I'm just not having warm feelings towards you right now. <laughs> Gary would love it if I said it that sweetly. <laughs> and he
2: knows what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, either, well, how, what do you other ladies feel like?
2: Well, what? I know, you know, um, the first thing, depending on your personality style, I tend to be... Um, somewhat feisty, so dukes up typically. And so the Lord's had to, since he um, started to reside in my heart and really own my life, he's taught me to pull back a little bit and not react so quickly, but to respond in contemplativeness. So often if a hurt comes my way, I'm going to sit with the Lord and say, why did that land so hard? What root did they just touch that you need to firm up in me that you need to put your healing balm on because it's so often very little about the person um, hurting us as about the wounds that we have that are festering. So the Lord has just really taught me to be more contemplative first and to take it to him. And often if I can be accountable with him and he can get into that place, like this is what you took on in this time of your life and it's been showing itself, then I can come into repentance. And it's so little about that person. Like if forgiveness then is so easy because I'm like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, they were just used, you know, this, they didn't mean that. It just landed in a place that needed God's touch.
0: Hmm. As mothers, do you think of Mary as one of the most amazingly faithful people in all of the Bible? Okay.
2: We're going Catholic, I'm Catholic, no, 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 Catholic. No, no,
0: no, no, it's not a Catholic question. I know. It's not a Catholic question. It's the angel showing up to a 15-year-old girl saying, you're going to get pregnant
3: mm-hmm, by right?" by the mm-hmm.
0: Holy Spirit. Okay, fine. That requires a little faith, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a Catholic question.
1: And That's very much of sacrifice that, you know, my children are adopted, and so I've always felt like these are God's kids. These are God's babies in my care, and my home, and, you know, so I've 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 had them on the altar more than maybe if I had birthed them
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and i when you ask that question, I think about Mary how because she had a relationship with God and the angel did speak to her and she knew the outcome of this for this child and for this man, that she just had to continue to make sacrifice for herself, knowing that he was he was you know on a mission from God that was a big yes for that Mary.
4: Yeah. said. Oh, you know, big absolutely. Yes. A big yes. Big yes. It just seems like hands wide open type of yes. Like, okay, go for it. You know, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do whatever you say. And he must have created her like that with the right personality to do that. She didn't know, need to have all the answers and maybe it was her age or maybe it was her personality or, you know, God used her and she but at some point, she did have to step out in faith and just really say yes, no matter how you're created. Personality wise, um, that was a big faith step. And right. Yeah. So, was the question, is she the greatest? No,
0: no, no. I said, do you consider her w- one of the great role models of faith in Scripture?
2: Mm, you know, just I as do. mothers. Yeah, I, I do. do. And I did grow up Catholic, so I have a different relationship with Mary. Um, and as God landed in my heart and took over my heart and we, he reviewed that relationship with Mary with me and he really did paint, um, the picture. I did not have children at that time. And he really did paint the picture of when he told her, you know, a uh, um, a sword will pierce your side. I think of motherhood. I think back to those scriptures of Mary and what she did say yes to. And it is our example of motherhood. I, I've often asked the Lord, especially during Easter, how did Mary sit at the cross and, and watch her son die. And he, he always talks to me, it's, it's like a, a beautiful example of my love for you, parental love, and that you would do anything for your children, even when they're suffering, when you know that it's for the glory of God. And I just thought it's so true how many times as moms, he asks us to walk into situations that we would rather not be in because yuck. Right, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't, you don't want to have those conversations. You don't want to see that kind of pain, or you know, sit at somebody's bedside with that kind of agony, emotional, spiritual, physical, and yet you do it. You do it, and she showed us how.
0: Yeah, it is amazing to think that she would witness the crucifixion of her son.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: right, unbelievable.
3: Mm-hmm. All
0: right, we've got the uh, amazing queens of the roundtable here in studio. If you have a question you'd like us to chew on, let us know. What it is eight seven seven nine three three. 2484 or email me the question I will ask it on your behalf bill at myfaithradio.com be back in a minute mm-hmm. like listening to my bumper music. Isn't that nice? All right, welcome back to the show. We've got the uh, beautiful and amazing Queens of the (laughs) Roundtable in studio. And we've got uh, Rosie, Ellen, and Trudy. And we are uh, chatting about all kinds of issues. We'd take on anything you'd have for us. Let us know what it is. You can uh, send us a text at 877-933-2484. Or you can email me, Bill, at MyFaith.com radio.com have any of you had a piece of advice that just rocked your world and it's Mm -hmm. still stuck with you and you're still thinking about it and it's now in your your journal of most amazing news i have ever received or
1: besides follow jesus besides that one
0: (laughs) besides the obvious oh okay 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 yeah
4: Mm -hmm. well this is a really deep one when i uh my kids were little don't pour more milk than you want to wipe up
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stuck with
4: me. Oh, but you want—you're serious. I was serious about that too. Uh, One of the things my—well, my mom just passed away last week.
0: I'm so sorry. Last week.
4: Last week. I know. Oh no. She was 93. She was an amazing woman. She was mom to all of us. Yes. She was so great. Everybody that knew me knew my mom. (laughs) Um, But she had a great piece of advice that we live—we live by. She says, you know, when you're old you'll have memories and but you don't you know if you have money to travel or if you have opportunity do it because when you're old there's not opportunity to do that anymore and you'll have the memories and you know she's always just been this champion for us to travel or to do whatever adventure or be what we want um and uh because take advantage of the opportunities mm-hmm. that God has for you right now and
2: anyway that's my advice that I stick to. I I wonder if, Ellen, is your advice from your mom? Because mine is from mine. My mom? No, it wasn't from my mom. Okay. What's
1: yours? Well, I'm thinking of a phrase that I read that was very impactful for me. And it was when I was going through a career transition. And I'm not even sure who to credit for this, but the best way to predict the future is to create it. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it was so empowering. And I thought, boy, what do I want my future to look like? You know, in my my, my marriage, with my my children, but career-wise, what do I want? And I just felt liberated to stretch and grow in ways that I, I was, I don't want to say destined to do, but that just resonated with me so much. And it's something that I've shared with people who are going through life transition. You know, imagine what you want for your future and then go and create it. So, mm-hmm.
0: so in other words, uh, build the door you want to walk through?
1: Yeah. Ooh, I like that too. I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Well, it doesn't always work out that way, though. I mean, it's nice to have goals and ambitions, right?
3: Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm.
0: we always take our plans right to the Lord and say, you know, this is what I'm praying
3: Mm -hmm. for.
0: Mm -hmm. And of course, God's will, the way it is, may be a complete opposite of what you want, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And detours
1: are part of the life, a part of life, right? Detours.
0: Detours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's talk about life transitions because if, uh, you know, you've had a lot of opportunity to counsel women Mm -hmm. and kind of coach them through this phase of now what? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are thinking that right now, aren't you listeners? Yep. Yeah, see, I thought so. They just answered me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, nod for you. Ben. Thank, <laughs> you. Yes. thank yes. you. We're in yes. unison. Now yes. what?
1: Now, now <laughs> so what? I, I think for women who have uh, maybe stepped out of their careers for a period of time to raise their children, I mean, that's such, such a great choice to make, but at the end of those X number of years trying to get back into the world of work, it's like, well, what do I do now? I'm really good at, you know, um, being on the PTA committee and hosting things for school and whatnot. But what are my giftings? What do I do? How do I turn that into meaningful work? And so some of the coaching that I've done is with people who are in that phase. And I think assessments can be very meaningful in helping people to identify what their giftings are. And of course, as believers, um, remembering that we are fearfully going back to the Psalms, fearfully and wonderfully made, and how has God designed us with our giftings? How do we identify those through assessments, through feedback from other people, through examples of what we have done in the past, and sort of create a profile of self? And then, how do we utilize those gifts for for good, for good not only in the kingdom, but perhaps good in you know bringing food home for the family, um, supporting you know the church, um, things like that. So yeah I'm a very big proponent of assessments like that.
2: I think that's so wonderful because i I think for women who have made the choice to stay home and sacrifice for their family, there's so many different giftings that it takes to do that mm-hmm. well and all the volunteering and often, I think they begin to feel like they they don't have a value mm-hmm. because they haven't been you know in corporate America or paying the man in any way, shape, or form, and so it can attack they who they think they Mm have, what they have to offer and who they think they are. And so those gifts to bring them forward and say, gosh, you know, organizational skills are so needed. And here's some jobs that would love to have those organizational skills if that's what you have. But, you know, to be able to have an assessment so someone else can pour into you, huge, Mm -hmm. huge. I don't
4: have anything to say. I'm so (laughs) sorry. (laughs) That is so me. rare for felt, Trudy, let me tell I you. you. I
2: thought you were coming up to the mic and that you had something to say. Yes.
4: Oh, my gosh. Oh, well.
0: It is so excusable to <laughs> be guest on the show. Try being the radio host.
4: <laughs> and we've forgotten that here. And having here. That, that feeling.
0: Or you forget what you're going to say. I
4: know. I, I I'm thinking some wise advice. I had none. Except for that I think... I have been through a million job transitions. I don't even know how many different jobs. And they've all come just where someone's been said something like, uh, so uh, I've got this thing. Do you want to do this? And I'll say, sure, why not? Like, you know, the job I got into right now, which I work for United Properties, selling um, a form of commercial real estate for senior living. But I started someone's like, Hey, do you want to help seniors decorate their house? And I'm like, sure, you know. So you just like open your mind and your, your arms to what what comes in front of you. It's it's an opportunity and uh and, and then that leads to one thing or after another and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just step into it. You just step yeah. into it, yeah. It's easier said than done mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes.
1: But um yeah. So when Trudy says she's had a lot of job changes, it wasn't because of anything bad. She's an extremely <laughs> gifted and creative person who stayed home to raise her children yeah. and did an awesome job. And it's so you are gifted. so affirming. You were
2: look at she's so affirming.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, no, they weren't because I s- stepped out of one job or into. It's just one thing would come my way. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. I think I'll try being a substitute
2: teacher, and
4: now I think I'll be a designer, and
2: I develop director of development and but that 's where I think the wisdom of your mom mm. is is watching that walk itself out, you know, so we we can hear these great pieces of wisdom, but the person who applies that piece of wisdom has this amazing life, like you heard that wisdom, you read that wisdom, and then applied it so I think that 's the difference, Trudy is your mom did teach you that, and then you walked it out, and you 've had this amazing colorful wonderful life that a lot of it you didn't plan but has always been of gain right and so i don't know taking a chance is just one of the best things i think we can do right and fear will keep us back mm-hmm. and we can feel like oh we're not enough or um
1: you know we we self doubt and that can be crippling but i think to step in is really good advice to share with people right
4: and what's the worst that could happen
1: mm-hmm. right nothing you you you're you decide going into an operating room. So. Yeah, you
4: decide it's not the best thing for me, and I try something else. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, a girlfriend comes up and says to you, I'm just not interested in staying in my marriage anymore. And as a matter of fact, my husband has um, had a infidelity, and I can't forgive him. I don't want to forgive him. I don't like him anymore. Your advice?
2: Wow, uh, that is a very big question and one that I think is so real. Bill, I don't think there's any of us here at this table who hasn't had a friend go through something mm-hmm. like that. That's why I asked? Yeah, and so um, I thank you for asking it because not enough. I don't think we give enough breath to that. Mm-hmm. I know that um, in the relationships that I have had, it's usually I listen first and then try to unpack um, where maybe some of the where it started. Um, But listening for me is. The primary thing I do, because when somebody is at that point, they may not be ready for advice anyway, and there's so much hurt to get to a person Mm -hmm. to say, I want to leave my spouse, you know, whether it's the wife or the husband, there's some pain there. And so sometimes you just have to have that pain, you know, have a, you know, a point where it leaves or what is that like a teapot where the pressure comes off Mm -hmm. because they finally have brought it to somebody and, and they're just at that point where they just need to explode, and once that's passed then you can you know see what you really have underneath all that emotion really it is um
4: it's a serious question because we do we we do know everybody that lots of people who have that situation um yeah listening um walking shoulder to shoulder with them uh, trying to direct them you know listening to really what god's saying to me to say to them just tons of prayer just asking the holy spirit to really direct our conversations when we're having conversations and and help them uh determine what god wants for them it
1: it's it's a really hard question it is it kind of punches me in the gut even to think of it and i certainly know women that have said that and have had a situation where they chose to leave the marriage. I've also seen women be willing to work it out with their husbands. Yeah, I think listening and, and walking alongside of them through that is probably the best thing to do. And then if they would be willing to seek a counselor, maybe direct them to a good Christian counselor. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. For godly women, here's a question that has come coming from a listener. What are your personal thoughts on women preaching in the church and the apparent controversy? I'll hang up and listen.
2: <laughs> well, I came from a Catholic background, so I can tell you that that you know wasn't uh, well received in a lot of um, pl- a lot of platforms in Catholicism. I don't practice Catholicism today, not because it's not wonderful, but um, just the Lord had something else for our family. So I don't have a problem with it. I have been wonderfully taught by male and female teachers of the Lord, and I think He sp- speaks to both.
4: Yeah, I preaching and teaching, if I think about preaching as being a teacher, mm-hmm. there's many gifted women, as equally as amount of gifted women as men, and um, why the church can't hear from them, I don't understand why it wouldn't be uh, appropriate for them to teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Okay, well, I would probably say the Bible seems to indicate that teaching is supposed to be meant... And designed for the males. Mm. Now, there's many teaching roles for women in teaching positions, not just in the pulpit on Sunday as the main preacher.
2: Okay, so are you what? What are you referring to? Because I, are you referring to the the deacons and deaconesses? I'm
0: just reading the question. Oh, oh, I thought that
2: was you, Bill. Oh (laughs) no, no, no,
0: (laughs) no, that was a question from a listener. Oh, okay. And maybe I'm reading into the question wrong um, because I didn't have lunch and I'm hallucinating right now. You know, get that green dinosaur out of here. That's, I'm, I'm hallucinating. I'm so hungry. Uh, so what are your personal thoughts on women preaching in church? So when I heard preaching, I thought that's the teaching pastor.
4: I still don't have a problem with it. Uh, it takes a lot of leaders in a church, and people are gifted differently. Um, the Bible, I don't know. I not
0: when you say the Bible, I always uh, want chapter and verse.
1: Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> I think there's a lot of cultural aspects in the Bible That's as what well, I was so say. we have to take that into context for today. And while I <clears throat> belong to a church where we do have multiple pastors and some are female and are excellent speakers, I'm not so sure I could belong to a church where the head pastor is a female. Mm-hmm. So I hope I'm not contradicting myself, but I do believe in the, the headship of a church to be male, but I believe on the staff can be females who are preaching and teaching.
0: I think that's why the list the listener said um, regarding this controversy, mm-hmm. the apparent controversy. Let mm-hmm. me take a little break. We've got the amazing and beautiful Queens of the Round Table. Thank you for your questions. If you'd like us to answer or tackle a question or clarify something you've heard, 877-933-2484, or email me, Bill at myfaithradio.com. Love to hear from you. Be back in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. So glad to have the ladies here in the studio. We're uh, chatting about a little bit of everything. And as we were talking about various denominations, there's so many religions today and so many different theologies. So, you know, if you get into, into a discussion with somebody and they are of a certain denomination, um, how do you steer them and point them to following Christ?
2: Well, to me, it always goes back to the word.
0: All I denominations
2: heard. have to have their foundation in the Word of God. It's, you know, living and powerful. So I, I also think there's a lot of room at the table. I love talking to people from different denominations. I feel like I have such a rich life because I have friends who belong to Assembly of God. I have my most of my siblings, uh, my dad, Catholic, you know, I just, I just Baptist friends. I just have so many people who love their denomination and see God through it that to mm-hmm. me that, there's so much room at that table, I, I, for me, if they if they say Jesus Christ is their savior, I am good. That's the first hill that I'll die on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. The I was thinking with the question, I was thinking not so much denomination, but religions, different religions, mm. um, Muslim or you know, different things like that. Uh, and for me, the point of Christ is um, is just that we were, made, we're made right with God because of Christ. And lots of religions are trying to get right with God, and we don't have to do anything. We mm-hmm. just need to have faith. And he not only accepts us, but he pursues us, and he chases us and wants us as a relationship with him. And, uh, and that old song, Jesus is the answer,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Jesus is the answer to every problem. Mm-hmm. If you're lonely, he's a comforter you're hurt, he's a healer. If you're afraid, he um, comforts or he's... He's the line he's, of Judah.
3: Uh, yeah, he's, right? he's,
4: he's the answer to every question that we have as humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Great responses. I had got a nice follow-up from our previous discussion of women preaching, but I I can't go over it, but I'll pass it on to you. So it's it'll be nice for us to do some... Further in investigating on that one uh, in God's Word. Um, so, what might be one of the biggest um, f- factors that have influenced you know you and your faith journey? And have you ever had a time when you really hit bottom spiritually and you just thought, God, where are you in all this? Mm. Mm. Sure. Okay.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I I think so. I Common mean, I experience? know I've had. Well, yeah my my mom went through twenty two treatment centers. There was many times that I was bruised on my knees from praying, you know, and why did she still have to, I mean, she fought that battle. So there was many a dark night in that, but I will tell you at her funeral, addiction did not win. She may not have known sobriety in her last years of life, but addiction did not win because that funeral was so full of love. And it, God just showed Mm. me your family, I have been fueling you with love, you know, so, but I couldn't see that in the journey. I could see it, you know, at her passing, but I'm sure I, we, that's when he is the most alive to us is in our darkest hour. Cause that's when we just cry out to him. I a father. You have to, you have to come into this place and most people will find his grace is sufficient. His power is sufficient. And he meets you there. Beautiful, Rosie. For me, it would be um, when my husband and I were trying to
1: start a family and we weren't conceiving. So going through years of infertility, I wondered where God was in that. And, you know, reminding God of what his word says about, you know, procreating and just not not getting pregnant. So that was a very, very difficult time, especially in a season where my girlfriends were all starting their families and going to baby showers and being happy for them. But crying inside and just telling God, I will die. I will die if you don't give me a child. Of course, now I look back and God gave me two beautiful children, um, Katie and Jimmy, whom I adore deeply, and they certainly were born in my heart. And um, But that was a despairing time. Mine isn't so much. When I, the first thing that came to my mind
4: was a time where I just chose to walk away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about those time that time and... Uh, I was for a few years, uh, during college and I, I, I just remember behaviors maybe and the Holy Spirit never let me be at peace. Mm. And you know, it's he was always with me and it was very annoying. Um, I just (laughs) could not like go forward. Um, and I did go forward with behaviors, but I, uh, he was always there and it was just that is so encouraging to me um and hopefully it's an encouragement to people kind of back to those children that maybe go out wayward for a while Mm -hmm. if they have had had a relationship with jesus christ trust that the holy spirit does not leave them alone Mm -hmm. he's there and there is not peace and they they will um they will
1: always be hearing that voice and that does go back to an earlier question about what do we do, you know, as moms, or what advice would we have for moms who have children who have moved away from God? It's yeah, the power of prayer and knowing the Holy Spirit is going to be a hound dog mm-hmm. yeah. after them. Yeah. Right.
0: Here's a thoughtful question from a listener: How do you pursue and serve your spouse as you grow together and as a family?
1: the first part how do you how
0: do you pursue, pursue and serve your spouse as you grow together and as a family specifically
4: mm. Mm. I go camping with him every weekend practically <laughs>
1: you
0: do
4: gosh darn I she do. does
0: seriously she seriously
4: does. he has a, an excel sheet that he works on all week all winter <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding every week and I like it but I like it because he likes it so much. Mm. So, um, doing hobbies, doing fun things, is a way to pursue him, a way to serve him. Um, that's that's what he really likes to do.
0: And he must really like that you like or pretend to like going camping. I do. I,
4: I don't even <laughs> pretend. Oh, I good. have grown to really like it. Yes, he does <laughs> like that. And now I'm not going to get into a deer stand with him, although Ellen. <laughs> does deer hunt with her husband, My but I've house. seen her deer stand. It's like a desk <laughs> in the woods. She's got like a, he pulled out a soft like desk chair that rotates yeah. and then and it's like got a coffee cup holder and a place to like rest her deer rifle or gun or whatever. And
1: so. It was a productive hunt, stand. It was. <laughs> So is it
0: important to show interest in your spouse's interests?
1: I think yes, and I think not always yes. So for me, it's getting, you know, early on I learned if I'm going to see my husband on weekends and whatnot, I better go to the cabin with him, family cabin. Now we have our own cabin up there. But um, also to give him time to go and pursue the activities he likes that I'm not so nuts about, but, you know, guy time, if you will, Mm -hmm. and that I'm A-OK uh, early on in our marriage, he wanted to go hunting every weekend in the fall, and then there was this, and then there was that. I'm like, what the heck? You know? <laughs> We've got to talk about this. So that first year, we had a lot of bumps. of What's the balance here? Because he thought life as usual, but now I have a wife. And, um, and of course, I thought some things too. But just if finding, negotiating, I think negotiating. Um, but just to add to it, I think over the years, um, I've developed a real friendship with Jesse. And so if I'm getting myself a cup of coffee, can I get you a cup of coffee? You know, And just being just being mindful
2: of mm-hmm. little things like that go a long ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that Gary, um, when I was staying home, one of the things that made him feel so loved was when he walked in the door. Now, I'm not talking the 50s and I looked all cute all the time. But when he came into the door, <laughs> I was, hey, you're home. And, and just that excitement that they're in your space and that you haven't seen them I do um, drop what I'm doing to take his phone call. You know, I, I try not, if he's calling through, I'll try to get off the phone with a girlfriend and say, Gary's calling And you know, so just making them a priority. But um, we have learned, yes, sharing each other's interest is huge. It's sacrificial really, because so many times um, we don't have the same interests and yet we walk alongside each other. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's, I love listening to this, these reflections and, because men men are pretty simple, I think. So when you act enthusiastic, you're home and you're excited. Yeah. Men are pretty easy. That's a big deal.
2: It is. And making their favorite dinner every now and then just because. I was like, wow, who knew that was going to be that easy? Lomain, yeah. man, I can do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, all, it's all awesome, good wisdom. And, and
2: the new shoes that would follow. <laughs> right. Oh, I,
1: they just want to be liked. They do. <laughs> and loved, but liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: liked.
0: I yeah, think that's it. Yeah. And well, we
4: all do. So right. it's
0: so let's evaluate the radio experience. How was it for you?
4: This radio experience? Yeah, this show. It's fun. Oh, Can good. we
0: yeah. do this again? Yeah, yeah For definitely. sure. It
2: was great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it, Bill, because I thank you for doing it, because this, I feel like it helps us as Christian women, but it also brings in a new format for people to just listen, and not everybody has all the right answers all the time. It's affirming. Mm-hmm to everyone.
0: I kind of agree. I think it's really nice when you can sort of drop in on a conversation and Mm -hmm. learn from other people talking to each other. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: We Mm -hmm. all need more of this. We all need more, get in a room with adults and have adult conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about important things. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because we can chat about dumb stuff all day long, can't we? We can. Yeah. So, big thanks to Trudy, Ellen, and Rosie for coming in for the beautiful and amazing Queens of the Roundtable. I sure enjoyed your company. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks to all the guys who showed up at 3 o'clock, that'd be 4 o'clock Eastern, and uh, for Guy Talk. So, that was a lot of fun. It's been a great show, a great day. I hope you enjoyed it. Welcome uh, to August. It is August 1. I can hardly believe it. Uh, Boy. Anyway, have a great night. As you lay your head on the pillow, just know that God's working out His great, great plan in your life. See you tomorrow.